Hello everyone, again welcome to our podcast and today's topic is very special and we have Grammy Award winner Patty Austin, the co-founder of Over My Shoulder as our speaker together with Don Carroll and today's topic will talk about grandmothers and mothers as our mentors. Hey, everybody. We're really lucky to have the whole Over My Shoulder tribe with us today. We've got Elizabeth, Alex, Patty, Austin on our first podcast, and Barry. And today, um, we're having a special conversation about the power of mothers and grandmothers and aunties um, as our mentors. And a few weeks back, Patty and I had an amazing conversation about her amazing mother who touched all of our lives, an amazing woman named Edna and Patty. Let's start with that conversation because it's so much better when you tell the story about that Sunday when we were both feeling sorry for ourselves and a butterfly flew by and I said, ooh, that's Edna. And what happened? I'd rather not talk about it. I'm still, I've, I'm still very traumatized about the entire situation. <laughs> no, actually, I was, uh, I was having a pity party. I was having a Patty pity party day. Hi, everybody. It's me. It's Patty. By the way, what is this? Everybody else gets the first name introduction, and I'm Patty Austin. Do you know that every friend that I have that has a child, they all call me Patty Austin. None of them call me Patty. <laughs> anyway, Good back to the Good point. point. <laughs> what does that mean, Patty Austin? It's like it's one name, like Mary Hartman. That's before everybody's time. Anyway, so I I have this pity party on the phone with with my beloved sister friend uh, Dawn, and she just laces into me and says. And I'm complaining about the fact that I've been quarantined long enough. Thank you. You know, I've been in in my house since March. And it was, I think, around August when we had this conversation. And uh, it was starting to get to me. I live alone. I have no children. I have no husband. I have asthma. I just turned 70. Uh, I I realized I've been in show business for 65 years. All of this stuff was piling on at the same time. Uh, and I just, I, I lost it. And Don said, uh, excuse me, uh, hello, knock, 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 <laughs> knock, knock, knock. Uh, is this Edna's daughter I'm talking to, or this is some kind of, this is an impersonator, right? This can't be Edna's daughter. And it just hit me right between the eyes. I was like, whoa. That's right. Oh, oh, Edna. <laughs> oh, the woman that brought me here, that birthed me. You mean that powerhouse? Yeah. Well, I better hurry up and live up to uh, to my mother's energy and power. You know, uh, my mom passed away. Uh, gosh, two thousand three, and. Um, I lost her physically, uh, but I certainly did not lose her. Well, I shouldn't say physically, because I was going to say I certainly haven't lost her molecularly. There's a word for you today, huh? That's three times that. You know, she's very much in the bloodstream, very much in the bloodstream, very much in the heart, very much in the soul. And and left, uh, and I was very blessed that uh, she was the kind of woman she was. Uh, because she prepared me for life. 
and um, not everybody gets a mom like that. <clears throat> I was lucky enough to get one like that. And you, my little chick of D, uh, got to know my wild and, <laughs> and crazy triple Scorpio, for those of you who are astrological nuts like I am. Uh, my triple she Scorpio mother. Fun moon and ascendant. She was a hot broad. Yep. With a lot of energy and... It was interesting. My mom always had other women. She was loved by uh, she was loved by men and women. She was not loved by children, particularly <laughs> <laughs> because she took she took no sass. But the ones that loved her adored the children that loved her that could get past her, you know, her her grim reaper stare, <laughs> her occasional grim reaper stare. Uh, they adored her. You know, they they would kind of hold on to her ankles <laughs> wherever she went. But but women, I would always hear overhear women saying to my mother, God, I wish I was as strong as you are. Because she really was, uh, she just had tremendous, tremendous, tremendous strength. I'm sure in retrospect, when I think about uh, when I reflect on her as a person, I think she did, I think she did a lot of closet crying, but you know, you would never, you would never see her sweat. You would never see her cry. I think maybe two times I saw her break down in my lifetime. <clears throat> Both times they were very personal issues that she carried with her, but she went through a lot. She took herself through a lot. She learned a lot. She studied a lot. And uh, she served a lot. <laughs> she was on both sides of serving. <laughs> she could either serve you a hot meal or, or a cold meal. Right, Barry? <laughs> yes. So, Patty, yes, tell too. us what you did after that phone call. Because I still can't believe what you, what you accomplished from a simple conversation. And I think that's really why we started over my well, shoulder. Yeah, this is like somebody that goes into a dry, tindered forest and lights a cigarette and catches on fire and says, I just don't understand how that place, how that whole section of the woods burned down. You had, you know, given me the pep talk of my life that day. <laughs> that day. And I felt compelled to, to do something with what I had started, which was getting on the phone and calling all of my friends, all of my lady singing friends, and and saying we've got to do something i don't know what it is but are you in and everybody said yes but i still didn't i hadn't formulated what it was but i knew after uh dawn had um spoken to me <laughs> in a very gingerly fashion that i had to i had to live up to my ancestry you know so i got on the phone and called my next victim which was brenda russell and brenda and I got into this conversation that led into the deep, dark recesses of her ancestry. And one of the things we were talking about is that as um, black women in America at this time, that we were all finding that we were going through these phases of reminiscing about our female ancestors and what they had to go through and how they how their presence and what they went through empowered us even today long after they're gone and wow. with that Brenda and I 
uh, Brenda got so stimulated, she, she started talking to me about her great-great-grandmother who was a slave and I mean, her great-grandmother, I'm sorry, that was a slave, and her mother that worked for Shirley Chisholm, and this remarkable story. And it inspired her so much, she wrote an entire blog about it. <clears throat> she, um, excuse me, she put it on uh, Facebook, and, and a lot of people checked it out, and she got a big reaction to it. And with that, the light bulb went off, and I said, you know what? One of the things that she told me in the story was, one of the things Brenda described to me in the story was the fact that her great-grandmother had a job on the plantation. She was a slave, and when she was a little girl, 11 years old, she used to fetch water for the slaves when they were in the fields picking cotton, and she would warn them when the slave master was coming because she said when they weren't picking cotton, they were praying. And whenever they were praying, they were praying to go back home. So she was the lookout. And when Brenda said that word, it kind of triggered something in my head. I said, the lookout, wait a minute, the lookout. We are the lookout. And I had also the day before finally gotten up the nerve to see Tubman, the film about Harriet Tubman, which those kinds of movies just break my heart a lot. But I, so it's a hard thing for me to watch them. It took me 10 years to watch Schindler's List. So, you know, I was, it took me a while to get to Tubman, needless to say. I finally got to it and got through it. And one of the things that I found fascinating, one of the details of her life that I, I had, I was not aware of was that the way that she would call the slaves to let them know that she was going to take them to safety was to sing. She would stand out in the middle of the fields and sing. And I, again, light bulb goes off. The lookout and singing. I said, well, all of these women that I have called are singers. They all have a voice. We're kind of like, <laughs> and, and when I went through the list of all the women that I called, uh, I, one of the women I called was Lettucey. And I said, Lettucey, we are going to be the Tubmanettes. And she said, absolutely not. <laughs> And I said, okay, I don't know what we're going to call ourselves, but we're going to get together and we're going to tell our stories. One thing led to another, uh, and we decided where we were going to put this and the form that it had to take so that it could reach people. And the purpose of these stories is to inspire other women to vote. We are particularly focused on black women at this point because there's a familial discussion that needs to take place among sisters with sisters. So we're starting this group with black women. We're starting this group with black female vocalists because that is the category of woman that I am particularly familiar with. <laughs> familiar with. Uh, 70 years worth of familiarity, so or actually technically 65 years worth of familiarity. So that was the basis upon which these women, that I brought these women together. There's all, there are also other things uh, mixed into my making the choice of this group of women. A lot of it was from having worked with them 
in various configurations and in, in various ways, sometimes a recording studio, sometimes on a live stage, sometimes a concert, sometimes a festival, all different kinds of ways in all parts of the world, I might add. So who are and the women of Twist 2020? Who, who are we talking I'm about? I'm not telling. I'm Come not telling. Come on. Not. <laughs> okay. It's, uh, Just say Chaka Khan for me 12 times. Chaka <laughs> <laughs> Khan. Well, of course I have to start with Chaka The world starts and ends with Chaka Khan. For all of us. I, just a, a quick aside, as I'm running this list down to each of the ladies, as I'm calling them, they all have the same essential scream pattern. <laughs> so I call Lisa Fisher and I say, she's, and I say, Lisa, I'm putting this thing together and uh, I just want to let you know who else is involved. And so she goes, okay. I said, well, we got uh, shock and she screams. I said, uh, we got lettuce. She goes, ah, lettuce. I said, uh, we've got uh, Sheila. Eat. Ah, you forgot thing with Sheila the other day. Uh, uh, we've got Terry Lynn character. Ah, I got Terry Lynn. Everybody did the same thing all the way down the list. And I go I'm to the next person the and I run thing. down the list and they scream after, <laughs> they scream after each name. Uh, Layla Hathaway. Uh, uh, more screaming. <laughs> uh, who have I? Who? Who? Who have I? Who am I Didi. forgetting? Uh, Didi Bridgewater, Brenda Russell. Uh, a Black Panther, me. maybe. Uh, Shaka was a Black Panther. That's a whole other story. Um, but uh, let me know if I forgot anybody because I think I have. I can never remember this whole list. I feel like a woman that's had eleven kids and can never remember all <laughs> all of her children's names. <laughs> Um, but the list is insane and everybody on the list loves everybody on the list. If that makes any sense in, in the wildest and craziest and most, uh, sisterly way. And we gave everybody a minute to do a black and white video on their iPhone explaining why they vote. And everybody went to the same place. We didn't tell them what to say. You know, we said we would like you to, to think of a, uh, a black woman in your life that has empowered you. But we didn't get really specific. We didn't say had, it has to be your mom or your grandmother, or your auntie. Or we kind of left that open and said, you've got a minute to do it. And uh, do it on your iPhone, black and white if you can. If you can't, we'll turn it into black and white. Those were the requirements. Everybody came at it from the same perspective, and we had not discussed it with each other. The first person to do their video was Lisa Fisher. I laughed because Lisa did this most magnificent, incredibly personal video. And uh, she's got, of course, an amazing singing voice. Her speaking voice is, a mag is as magnificent as... <laughs> Her singing voice. I'm laughing because we did an interview with Roland Martin and he had seen Lisa's video, her one minute piece. And he said, I'm not sure if I want to vote or if I, if I want, if I want to make it with you because 
<laughs> that is the sexiest oh, recruitment <laughs> recruitment video I have ever seen because her voice and he talked about it, he said your voice is incredible. Her voice is like so sexy and she goes, I vote for my mother's tears. And it's just like it's just it just grabs you right by the throat. Oh. And each one of these women went into these one minute stories that are engaging and powerful. And we, we discovered in the process of telling these stories, doing these one minute pieces, when we began to talk to each other as a group, that it, it had a, a cleansing effect to have those discussions. It's, it had a strengthening and empowering effect to remember the women around us that were powerful and for all of us, those influences came from our moms, our aunties, and our, our grandmothers and great-grandmothers. It was it's all really about amazing. the other women around us. Yeah, and, and it brought us closer together. Um, and we really started to understand how important it is to share each other's stories. That really kind of became one of the major things that I think everybody learned from the experience. You, you know, these are things you, that you think you know, <laughs> and then you put it into practice and it takes on a whole other dimension. So we realized that we were, we were getting a lot more out of telling the stories uh, than we were uh, out of saving the stories. Uh, we did a live stream and we did live interviews on the live stream and Lettucey, um was on uh, doing her interview and she admitted that she was not used to being open enough to tell stories about her family mm. and about her mom and about her relationship with her mother. Uh, and that this had been uh, uh, kind of a palate cleanser for her. Right. Uh, to reveal that much about herself. And she got a, a big response from her fans saying, wow, I never knew these things about you. And it makes me see and hear you in a different way. So well, again, we get back to having you. these conversations, you know, makes everybody see each other in a different way. We understand how much the same we are on so many levels, on so many basic organic levels. And, and, and if we can gain any wisdom for pe from those of us that w went before, that came before us, uh, then their lives are not in vain, you know? We, we, have, to, uh, we have to carry on. We have to pass, pass their memories and their wisdom and their knowledge on to the next generation. And it's so weird how it's been designed that you don't figure that out till you get to be freaking 70. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> it's, so uh, and and in the middle of a pandemic, but other than that, <laughs> there's lessons that are rolling along. There's lots of lessons in this pandemic. So there's five of us on this call. Yes. And um, Elizabeth is a mom. Barry is not a mom, but he's a dad, and he has a beautiful mother. Alex um, and I do. Well, Alex, you have children, right? Yeah, two grown kids. Oh, two grown kids. So, um, and How I have. How grown are they? How grown are they? I want. I want ages, people. <laughs> well, one is twenty-eight, is and one is um, twenty-five. So they're pretty grown. Wow. They are. Elizabeth, how old is Troy? 
Oh, Troy is 11 year old. And Barry, how oh, old is Mia? Mia is now uh, 40, uh, 41, I think. And Mia's about to become a mama. She is. She's uh, definitely going to become a mom uh, next month. And I have two beautiful nieces that I play Auntie Mama too, which is great um, because we've been able to have some, we, I can be the naughty Auntie Mame kind of figure. Um, and then Patty, let's talk about you and your my kids. kids. My kids, uh, my kids um, are me. <laughs> so I don't know if everyone I else. Barely, on. <laughs> I can barely take care of myself and um when I was very young, I determined that my, uh, that I had, I was kind of like, a, I was going to be a nun. I had wedded myself to the entertainment business. And she is a very, very, very strict mistress. She does not allow any fooling around. Uh, everyone I knew that had tried to fool around on this show business uh, got a damn good whacking, as they say, over in Great Britain. And, um, or if they didn't, they left so much collateral damage that it was just a horrible thing to see. And the business is a very all-consuming thing. And I have a lot of friends who have kids who are in the business and who are married. And most of them are not successful at either endeavor. And uh, I didn't think I was any better than any of them and just said, I'm not going to put myself in that position. And I have to admit that um, I've never regretted it for a moment. All right, and, well, I'm um, going to stop right there and try to pretend that I am Miss Kristen Welker. So, did you know that in the year 1983, the World Health <laughs> Organizations around the world were trying to figure out why there was a spike in the population, and they tracked it back to your big hit, Baby, Come to Me? I I have had people unfortunately stop me in airports and say, uh, I am here because of you, at, at which point I inevitably put my fingers in my ears and go, la, 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 la. Patty Austin, you have four million babies out there, and they have babies, and they have babies. As I said to you earlier today, they made me do these things, people. I was not... I was a complete innocent, and they said, sing these songs and, and sing them now, and sing them well. And that was it. That's all I could do. Um, no, but uh, <laughs> it's, um, it's interesting to be on the other end of, of, that, uh, <laughs> of that kind of love <laughs> from, from, from so many uh, generations. You know, I have had young people, you know, who say my mother forced me to listen to you in my youth <laughs> and uh and your you and you and your music <laughs> and um but but i like you now oh okay thank you so much uh but anyway yeah <laughs> we digress <laughs> so alex um how does this all tie into all the efforts that you have been doing for the last couple of years let's know a little bit about you and your um efforts you know it, yeah, I'm listening with um, both ears and I'm really enjoying the conversations about um, you know 
calling friends and relating and getting support there. And that was, that's, I think that's the genesis of my effort because, um, I, I was I was uh, raised in a family of basically um, all girls <laughs> in the U.S. Anyways, I, I have I have brothers elsewhere, but but I I grew up in the U.S. with only a guy in the family, just sisters. But and I noticed that there's a certain bond that sisters have that you know brothers don't yeah. really. It didn't help, of course, that I was a naughty brother and always teased them and they hated me. But take away from the fact that yeah. That, they Notice have, that the only people laughing at that, Alex, are you and Barry. Come uh, on. You're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They deserved it, Alex. They deserved it. They deserved it. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> it. Oh, God. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I'm jealous of how strong, how strong we were. How strong we were. They were weak emotional beings. Weak emotional beings that could not deal with the vicissitudes of life. (laughs) 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 No, but but you know, I I came to appreciate um, the bonds that that I see between sisters, especially as they grew older. You know. Mm-hmm. We we went through a lot of trials and tribulations, like most people. Um, and in the way I dealt with it, it was very different the way that I, I see my sister dealing with it. Um, right. Yeah. My 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 youngest sister actually ended up becoming a clinical psychologist just to, so that she could deal with the issue. So she she studied. I was going to say just because of you. <laughs> well, you know what? That, that's the real reason. Thirty years later, I find out that was, that was the reason. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, you know, my parents were psychotherapists too. So I, I, I mean, not two years was a sibling, but yes, we usually drive each other to either drink or insanity. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At some point in time, whether we whether we want to or not, <laughs> it's it's always someone in the family. <laughs> always, always. Well, you know, it's funny, it's funny you say that because she always says that you know, uh, at least you get to choose your friends. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. My mom used to say that all the time. You can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. You can't pick your family. <laughs> yep. Doesn't work that way. So, so I, I, I um, you know, wanting to to get into that more because I, I saw that mm-hmm. that you know it it actually helps people. It's therapeutic to have the friends and and whatnot. I on a whim just created this video in honor uh, to that and posted it right. and boom is you know I think we've we've got a million views in like a month. I mean, just imagine a million views in like a month, right? So I thought, yeah, there's something here. So we built a Facebook yeah. group around around the video, and people right. just join. And when they join, they engage, and not just saying, "Oh, hi, cool, whatever." No, they they said, "You know what? I'm going to share." tag my sister and then they would just give odes to their friends their sisters you know other women so yeah we 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 created a group and just just honored women basically because yeah because there's a lot of communication there's a lot of support there i saw a lot of support in the comments and just call it what it is 
mother, daughter, sisters, <laughs> you know? Um, okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So, so, so Great. that's where it started, Don. And then of course, um, Patty, uh, helped a lot with the messaging and when when we did this when she did the song um and th that wasn't owed to mothers as well that's um all i know <laughs> and that's all i know about that song patty knows more about that or song the, that's all i know <laughs> i call it i call it the dove song the dove song no the d-a-h like duh oh duh uh, because it's it's what I think um, every mother goes through at a certain at a certain point. Um, uh, perhaps uh, after the first glory of of nursing and and hold, holding your flesh flesh of your flesh in your arms, there has to be this <laughs> dawning of the age, the dawn hey the dawning of the age <laughs> of Aquarius when you go oh my God what do I impart. What do I hold back? How do I do this? How do I do this? How do I how 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 am I going to raise this little nugget, <laughs> nugget. <laughs> into something into something other than a pole dancer or a serial killer? You know, and 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 where's the handbook on this? And where am I going to get some help from this? So the song really the song is about kind of a a. a apparent vulnerability but particularly a mother's vulnerability when they look into the eyes of their child and and realize the talk that they have to have with them all through their life the things that they have to impart the things that they have to share the things that they don't need to share at that particular moment you know it's 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 a it's a daunting task anybody that's a parent as far as i'm concerned is is a genius i don't care how bad you do because we're not too we're not too clear on the protocol on the protocol for that one. Maybe we should have been wearing masks all the time <laughs> from the very from the very beginning. Just keep that mask on forever. Don't take the mask off until you get home. That's it. We know you all. You only know you from the eyeballs up from now on. That's it. No, but really, I, I this song is just talking about our vulnerabilities and and the things that you have to let your children know you know it's it's not always going to be gravy sometimes it's going to be rough sometimes it's going to be incredibly wonderful you won't even believe how good you'll feel and then the next day you can be in the basement and you just got to keep trudging along because it's a magical mystery tour and hopefully you if know, you planned it out pretty good you can have a lot of fun while you're doing it if Flip i can interject in. uh one no, thing john uh, <laughs> and John and, and Elizabeth might know something more about this. Uh, you know, working with Patty all these years and thinking about the songs, I think when you talk about the mother, daughter, uh, older sister, BFF type uh, relationship, Patty, going around the world with her, I've seen this happen where. Uh, with the songs and with Patty's personality, uh, her engaging personality, uh, young young girls, I, I'll call them girls, as they're on their way to being young women, they have taken so much to some of Patty's songs as if she is a very connective type mother, older sister to, to them with... Uh, 
you know, that she did a song, uh, her first song. Wasn't Say You Love Me your first song, Patty, that you wrote? Yeah, that's the first song I ever wrote. Yeah, that was the first song. And that became, that song still is such a huge uh, hit around the world, especially uh, in Asian countries. I know that Elizabeth probably knows that song. Uh, but there's some songs like Say You Love Me, In My Life. Uh, of course, the uh, Baby Come To Me, How Do You Keep The Music Playing. These are songs that a lot of, like Patty was mentioning, their moms have had them listen to, and reluctantly they listen to them, but then they get connected to Patty. But when you when you go around the world and you see Patty's relationship with young people and the fact that after shows she will come out and talk to young people and some of these young ladies in, in Japan and places all around the world would just run up to her and hugging her and start crying and going on uh, because they had connected kind of they had gone beyond what the song was saying about this relationship, the sincerity of things that young young girls were really hoping to experience in their life. Somebody, to, you know, what they things they wanted to say to people, like "Say you love me" and "In my life," and uh, "There's no one more special to you, to me in my life than you," and all this. And so, when we would go around this whole idea of your best friend, your mom being your best friend and stuff. I think this is something that young, young girls always wanted to be able to feel, but weren't able to feel with, with their moms and being around Patty and her mom. I saw that, you know, Patty will never say it, but she and her mom were like best friends. She treated her mom like the, the best friend she had and took care of her that way. Um, and it's something that I learned, you know, kind of how to do with my mom uh, through through all of that. And uh, I just think this whole idea of Patty and how she treats people, and she, especially other women. I mean, we, we laugh all the time about all of this, but these women that you that you uh, see are here anyway, or look at on these videos and all that. They all feel that way about Patty. They all feel like some of them, she's, some of them are in her, like uh, are more in her age group, but some of them are younger and they have uh, only got to know her through the music, each other's music. But then they meet Patty and she becomes like this wise older sister to them and uh, you know they won't even let me into their conversations by the way I mean I can't even get I can't even get in so uh, but it's it's been great to 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 be a part of of, of watching how, how this whole relationship the mother daughter sister best friend syndrome as we might call it is really represented in Patty's songs and personality she lives up to it she lives up to it in her personal self this 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 real being real authentic friend uh fun serious all of this kind of stuff that uh 
that people get to know about her and they they so many young young fans around the world is something i've I've really been uh, grateful to be able to watch. Can I ask, uh, are are you guys saving a cup of Russian tea for me? Because this is starting to feel a lot like a eulogy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Patty, no, that's was really... no. Dungeons and Dragons joke. You know, you had to dig in that. I, yeah, there were a few. Okay, I'm sorry, but. Well, see, I'm Patty, you're so gracious at the beginning of this. What, what the heck, people? <laughs> and... And she well, used to, and they loved her and her mother. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. It's just the truth. Man. You can't get away from it. People, Who the heck are people you love you. About? They love you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, I got it. I, all kidding aside, I, I told Barry the other day, it's probably why he's torturing me this, this way right now. But this whole project, putting these magnificent women together, having them um, respond with so much love and energy and input, having having the opportunity to share this time together that we know we never would have been able to do had we been in our regular, usual lives and schedules. Uh, we all... Uh, gave a little tip of our hats to, to COVID-19. We really did. We said, if it wasn't for that, you know, the only other thing that would have gotten us together is if one of us had died, we'd see each other at the memorials, <laughs> memorial service. And, and uh, so to be together this way, to, to start up this campfire uh, of, of discussion, you know, I always have this, uh, this vision of indigenous people um, who, we have so much to learn from, uh, you know, because they, they, they lived a sustainable life, a life that was not just about what they wanted to do, but about what Earth wanted them to do. And part of that was to gather together at the end of every day around the fire and talk about what your day had been. And when anyone wanted an answer to the questions of life that were the deepest questions of life, the person that they asked that question of was the female elder. And I am struggling now that I am a female elder <laughs> to get some freaking recognition. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I lost it. Oh, I lost it. <laughs> No, because we live in a culture that ignores that and that no longer honors that. But that is, you don't need a psychiatrist when you sit with everybody at the end of the day and talk about what you went through, because inevitably somebody in that circle will have already endured whatever you're talking about or may have had something even worse happen to them that makes you feel like a lucky so-and-so when you hear their story. Or they have something that says, wait a minute, that happened to me, and if you do this, then that won't happen. This is what we have to start doing. And a great place to start is at home. And for a lot of women, I'm going to throw a horrible thing on the table. A lot of girls don't get along with their moms. A lot of women don't get along with their moms. My mom and I went through a period where we, we were having the clash of the titans at all times. And in retrospect, I realized that she was going through menopause and I was going through stupid pause. 
<laughs> Stupid pause. And, 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 we, and we hit that plateau at the same time, and it was a very ugly moment. You know, and, and a lot of times we get, women get a lot of external energy telling us how we're supposed to treat ourselves and each other. And so we have a lot of Kool-Aid that we, <laughs> we've already drank that we have to uh, dilute. We need a lot of liquid, <laughs> preferably water. Some dilution has to take place there. So we can find out who we really are and what we really need to be doing and what we need to be focusing on so that we can elevate the climate here with, with our power. And our power is our estrogen and our emotion and the way we look at the world. We are here to soften and smooth and shape and mold and raise. And we can't do that unless we talk to each other about our lives. I used to do a thing on uh, cruise ships. I say used to because cruise ships are not cruising right this minute. But when I would do smooth jazz cruises, uh, they would um, let me get women together to talk about their lives. And it was always a fascinating thing. We called it women over 40, uh, which made all the younger women want to be there to find out what the heck we were talking about. And of course, all the men wanted to be there to find out what the heck we were talking about. We were just talking about our lives and things that we were going through. And it became a very popular thing that I would do whenever I do a cruise. And one constant always remained because I would always open the floor. I would bring up a topic and I'd open the floor to the women in the rooms, usually about three, 400 women sitting in the room. And um, I would just let them go. I would let them start talking. You know, I'd say, well, how many ladies have children here? And everybody brings their hand. Um, how many of your children are in their twenties and you know, hands would drop? Uh, what are you going through with them? Or how many of you are living in a house with a, an elder, uh, adolescent teen? Uh, you're going through menopause and your husband's fooling around. Uh, all the hands go up in the room. <laughs> Not really, but a sizable amount. And, and I would go, okay, hit it, girl. And they'd just get into a discussion. And it would just, it, you, it would just blow up. And inevitably... The oldest woman in the room would stand up, would raise her hand, and maybe we would be chasing each other's tails in a conversation and kind of going around in circles and, and doing the yeah buts, and I thought, and he said, and that was, and uh, somebody in their 80s would inevitably raise their hand and just drop the mic. Just say something that you can only say when you're 80. Because <laughs> you've lived it already. You've walked through it. You've marched through it. And everybody in the room would inevitably gasp. And so it's in our face all the time, the power of communication, the power that we have. You don't have to have an expert in the room. You're your own expert. Just listen to yourself and then listen to the people around you. Two ears, one mouth. What an idea. Love kind of telling you your physiology is telling you what you're supposed to be doing listening more talking less look who's talking <laughs> anyway um <laughs> if i could only give my own advice <laughs> no but but really we got to talk to each other it is a magical it is the magical key it is the silver bullet if you go into a prison and talk to the prisoners, you'll find out how they got there. If they're if they're doing 
any kind of evolving. If you go into a hospital and talk to the doctors, you can find out the pressure that they're under at this point. You don't know these things unless you talk to each other. And, right. and we've lost the ability. We've certainly lost a lot of the ability to do that in person because we were constantly doing it on, on phones and on machines. But, but at least we are starting to communicate because people are on lockdown and, oh, gee, we got to find each other now. Oh, wow. I got to, you know, I, I listen to people talk about I can't touch my grandmother in the nursing home. I want to ask a lot of those people, when was the last time before this happened that you went to the nursing home to see your grandmother? You know you haven't been there to see her in three years. Who are you kidding? Mm-hmm. You know, but now you but now you're going to communicate with her because now you realize the, the the importance that she's had in your life that you that you've taken for granted. We've all taken each other for granted. We've all lost our our sense of connection to each other because we're not communicating. And if you're not communicating with the person that brought you into the world in the first place, you're choking off a lot of your life's breath. It's fascinating. So I say to you, if anybody's <laughs> listening and you're having a problem with your mom, you will do yourself a great service to mend your fences. It's a great place to start. Well said. Yeah, it's fascinating to talk about talking to each other because uh, it seems like we, we, we talk too much and we don't listen. And yeah. part of the problem too, but um, yeah. it, it, you know, talking, speaking of talking to each other, you know, Elizabeth has a young son, and he's going through a stage where he's starting to talk to you now. Is that? <laughs> is that? He's eleven. Is that where he's at, Elizabeth? Yeah. Yeah, he's 11. So, you know, the positive thing that happened with this pandemic is that, you know, my son <laughs> had to stay home. So he doesn't have a choice but to talk to his mom. <laughs> now he's forced to, yeah, now he's forced to play with me and to talk to me because he can't talk to his friends. But yeah, you know, I really love this conversation. I'm learning a lot um, from you. Thank you so much, Patty. And I just wanted to share as well um, my experience with great-grandmothers, grandmothers, my mother. There was actually a point when I was like a 13-year-old. I was able to meet in person my great-grandmother, who was like mm. 96 back then. Mm. But she was too old, and I was like, you know, I wish she can still remember what happened during, you know, her younger age because I think yes. she would share a lot of amazing stories, right? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, during that time, she was uh, too old already, and right. she can only remember one name, which is the name of her youngest daughter. And she would call everybody that name with the same name. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. But but it was just fascinating that I was able to like see her, you know, it's like the fourth generation. It's like it's it's so rare. And I'm so grateful that I was able to experience that. And yep, um learn a lot of um lessons from my mom, especially my mom, because both of my grandparents um don't really I don't really spend a lot of time with them. Um Right. But my mom, uh, she's, yeah, she's very strong. <laughs> she's an amazing woman. Although 
you know, having eight kids is crazy. <laughs> yeah, so she has eight kids. <laughs> you have one yeah. son, she has eight kids. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. We hear this now and we just, we turn to dust. We turn to powder. And you think about these women mm-hmm. that were doing this in an atmosphere. Think of the atmosphere they were in. And you don't want to share a story with them? Are you kidding me? Are you nuts? You don't want to know. We did a thing where we asked uh, uh, in our live stream that we just did, where we asked the, the ladies, um, can you impart some of the stories that your mothers told you about where they grew up? What, what was it like? Or what was it like for you? To, uh, one of the, uh, somebody asked uh, Shaka, uh, what was it like for you uh, when you were growing up? She said, well, you know, of course I was in the Black Panthers. And <laughs> and, and everybody goes like, what? <laughs> what? Of course. She went on from it. there. And it was like, and then the next person had all of this amazing stuff going on in their history. And their mother, the same kind of thing. Mom had eight kids. Uh, one of I can't remember which uh-huh. one of us, their mother they come from a big, big family and, you know, and, and dad died and, and the mother raised every, I, what is, what are these women on? That's what I want to know because women are amazing. We're nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they listened to baby come to me what? eight times. That's today eight kids. I think so. I think my, oh, my mom and my dad. <laughs> the full circle, huh, Alex? All right. That was great. The most fertile song known in music history. Yeah. Alex just did that. We did not plan that. I feel that I've been dragged about like a play toy for a puppy (laughs) after that remark. (laughs) That was horrible, Alex. (laughs) I swear I did not take part in that. So now, what is mom still with us, Elizabeth? Is your mom still alive? Yeah, uh, she's going through menopause. <laughs> she's oh, that's her, a fun time. Yeah, yeah she's it's a fun time for everybody. Oh. Uh, yeah, and ah! I'm, I'm learning a lot about it, um, and it's actually great to know that I'm learning a lot about it because now I can understand more, you know, why my mom is, like, having all this, like, you know, physical and emotional um, difficulties, yeah. and it's good yeah. to understand it. And... Ah, the world is a hot flash. (laughs) But, you know, I'm just so amazed by her because, I mean, I'm just growing one... One son, and it's so hard already. And I'm just no so, kidding. I'm just so <laughs> proud of my mom that she was able to, you know, raise eight kids. And amazing, amazing, it's amazing. crazy. I like, you know, hats yeah. off to my mom. And um, but w- when I was young, there's this one moment I'll never forget for the rest of my life. Actually, every time I think about it, it makes me cry because my mom didn't wasn't able to she didn't have the opportunity to go to school so when i was in first grade she was teaching me how to read alphabets and she was telling me you know what you're the very first child and i want you to do good in school because later on i want you to teach me how to read because she said i can read the words, but i can't read english words and and that's what like 
that stuck in my head and I was like, okay, from now on, I'm going to study hard and later on, I'll be able to teach you how to read English. <laughs> oh. oh, that's very oh, that's that's yeah. touching for sure. I know. It's like, oh. <laughs> it's amazing. Man. And I think that what made me very, you know, motivated and, um, you know, in life to do better in life and yeah. I, I owe it to her everything. I owe it to my mom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I hear you. I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. And Barry, I think that uh, you've been hiding in this what? conversation because I know that your mother is in fact the master blaster. And um I wanna hear some Glondell quotes. Because before we go to your Glondell quote, I just want to let everybody out there know that Barry has a mother that they know cooks, <laughs> cooks food. No, oh, they know about your food, about her food. Well, they don't know about the food. They know. Uh, they know. If they don't know about the food, they don't know about Glondell. Uh oh, we're going. To, we're going to St. Louis. My mother and I got on an airplane and flew to St. Louis for Thanksgiving one year. And we left my dad at home that year, okay? So that we could have dinner with Glondell. And she made a meal that has never, I am not exaggerating, has never been topped by anyone whose cooking I have tasted. And I have tasted the cooking of Paul Bocuse. That's all I got to say. <laughs> that, that's that's wow. quite the intro there. <laughs> yeah, we're on so many different you know, times. So it's, it's, it's breakfast time in California. And, it's yeah. time and, for me. Yeah. And had a breakfast the morning after of waffles that never touched my plate. The waffles hovered. They were hover waffles. They hovered on <laughs> yeah. top of the plate. They were so light and airy and magnificent. Okay, go, Barry. Wow. Oh, no. Well, my mother, uh, you know, uh, Patty, one thing, well, you know, you know, my mother's 90, my mom's 98, and uh, she she says one of the she says one of the, one of her sayings is I'm 98 and I and, I, and I'm still great I'll, I'll be 99 and I'll be fine and she just keeps going keeps going but uh, my mom as Patty as Elizabeth then you know and Alex knows and Dawn knows you know I speak to my mom three to four times a day because my father passed away kind of uh, early on. And uh, I, my mom and I have been basically been uh, her caregiver or whatever son or whatever you want to call it for many, many years now. And my mom is, is a great, great, great grandmother. And uh, she is really as Patty knows, she's very wise, and basically because she's lived through so many, like we're talking about here about women, my mom has lived through so many parts of our 
of, of history. I mean, she grew up during the Depression in 1930s, 20s, or whatever it was. She was born in 1922. But uh, the, the best thing about my mom, uh, I think, in line with the conversation we're having, is that the, it, it's you learn so much. I think kids don't really, when you're young, you don't get to, you don't really know who your parent is. I mean, right. except that it's your parent. But I've been fortunate to go through all of this time with my mom and get to know her as a friend, uh, not only as a son, but as a as a best as a best friend, so to speak. And uh, as an adult, <laughs> yeah. And we, you know, yeah. I've been, you know, and, right, and we both. I've gone through so many things with my mom, you know, illnesses that she's had, you know, she had cancer at age 80. She had cancer, ovarian cancer. And uh, I, we went through that uh, together, an amazing experience. And uh, she's still, she's 98, she still lives, lives alone, takes care of herself, has all kinds of wisdom. She says, uh, the body is a building that you have to continuously do repair work on. She still weighs <laughs> the same as she did when she was in her 20s. And she, uh, I try to hook her up with with uh, with different guys, you know, and she, she tells, I, I give her give her connections to different men and she says, that's an old man. I don't want no old man. I said, well, mom. She, 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 <laughs> He's younger than you. The man that comes in and does the landscaping and cutting the, the lawn at our house, he's, I think he's about 70-something. My mom's 98. And I said, Mama, why don't you invite him in someday? And she says, I'm not going to invite him, in, invite him in. I'm just going to stand at the door and look out at him, getting all getting all excited. But I'm because I can, he can't handle me. I said, Mom, he's in his seventies and you're ninety-eight, and she says he still couldn't handle me. He'd probably have he'd probably have some kind of heart attack or something once once we got to, <laughs> once we got going. I said, "What do you mean get going? Bro? What are you talking about? Get going?" Well, she says, "Oh, you know what I'm talking about, there. You know what I'm talking about." Oh my God! Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> He says to me, he's too old. He's too old. And this uh, is what I'm talking about. I love but it. My mom is uh, my mom's amazing, and she has a lot of. I, I think along with the, just what Patty's talking about, the wisdom <laughs> of of women, I have uh, been able to just. It's been such a great thing for my life because my mom didn't did not. A lot of the women in those days when she grew up in these large families, and Elizabeth talking about, you know, having uh, eight, what is it, seven or eight siblings? Um, eight eight siblings. Eight. My mom's mother had 15 children. And, wow. and my mom was the oldest, was the second oldest of these children. She had to basically raise 
raise all these other kids mm -hmm. and yeah. she couldn't go to school she she only could go to school uh up to the third grade so she didn't get uh education but she learned so much about uh, raising children and at a young age and mm. she has had she has tremendous amount of experience of getting through hard times and she said, You mm -hmm. all think this is you think this is crazy. <laughs> you, Nothing. She said she said, you Nothing. know, I went through the Great Depression, World War Two with my husband in the war and all my sisters, my younger sisters, we didn't have food. We didn't have anything. Um, it was just and how you think the civil rights movement was something. I mean, you just had to be, have been been in St. Louis in the Ooh. in the nineteen forties or something like that when she was rough when she was a young when she was a young woman and very poor and uh, the whole idea was could you as a woman were you ever gonna were you gonna be able to have a mate to somehow get through these hard uh, times with. So basically I just, my mom and I have uh, been uh, best friends all these years. Uh, and I learned so much from her uh, that it's just a, it's made my life uh, so, so much richer. And uh, she is, she laments, funny that she laments this whole tech, social media world because mm. she said that, you know, people don't really communicate. Uh, you don't get to know people. You don't have friends the same way you had friends when, when you all lived in the same neighborhood because in those days, right. especially with black people, there was no, there was no suburbs of black people. They all lived in the same block and often in the same four family flat. And they, families were much closer, even though they may have argued all the time, they were much closer now. And she laments the fact that we don't have the same reverence for el the elder women, the older sisters, the the grandmothers, yeah. the great great grandmothers that that they had back in those back in those days. So uh yeah. this whole conversation that Patty's having about the mothers, the grandmothers and how these women are recanting their stories is so great, I think, for the younger the younger women coming up because they live in a world today where they don't have that connection to history that these women have about how to navigate tough times and difficult social times mm. that uh, women are going, the young women are going through right now. Uh, young women are, are, are mad. Like when they just, <laughs> no kidding. They're just <laughs> mad about how bad things are. They don't have a reference point of uh, like, yeah. like, you know, well, Patty and I, uh, uh, Patty's mom and my mom, they don't have that reference point. They don't understand why things can be so, so horrible and why things can't just change. They don't have a perspective on how things develop over centuries and years and all that, which is beautiful what Patty, I think what Patty's been able to do with these women because they're, 
these women that younger women know are recanting how they got to be who who they are and why they're yeah, still strong exactly. why they're exactly. still growing they had this this uh, connection to people that uh, the mentoring they had they had it wasn't you know the word mentor didn't even exist in those days but they had these wiser older women just like and i mean i learned a lot from patty's mom i was great friends with patty with patty's mom and she was you know she hated me when i first started working with patty her mom and her father because they thought they were very protective of patty but they found out that that i was sincere in really wanting to be uh to be a support to whatever patty could become she was already a star when I when I met her, she was always she was always great, talented, and everything. But her parents developed we developed a great respect for one another, and it was connected, I think, to my upbringing with my parents. How I was able to bond with with Patty's parents, and uh, we all became so a close knit group. And when Patty's father passed, I was able to kind of. <laughs> be a support to her mom when Patty was on the road. And uh, I guess the, the end of I'm it all. I'm sorry. I'm trying not to laugh out loud. And, and, and I hope nobody heard me snicker. Uh, you might, I don't know, you should maybe cut out what Barry says when Patty's father died and Patty starts laughing. Um, <laughs> I can't help it. Uh, Barry took, I'm going to interject this. Barry, uh, I call him my guru. He he took over for for me when my dad passed away because I was working and um, doing stuff on the road, and so he filled in a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And but I happened to be there when we went to the uh, uh, funeral parlor to pick out a vase because my, my dad wanted to be cremated. And so we went to pick this vase out and we're sitting in this office and it looked, it looked like a funeral parlor. You know, I mean, there was nothing about it that said, this is a happy, happy go lucky place. And very dark and very heavy furniture. And the guy walks in and he looks exactly like Lurch. And my mother and Barry and I are sitting there (laughs) and our shoulders are going up and down because, and we're trying and we're like kind of all covering. We look like, you know, hear no evil, see no evil, see no evil. We're trying to like cover our mouths and look at the floor. And then of course he has this, now this is the boss. He's got that kind of voice. And so I just, and this is why I laugh. When Barry says I was there for your dearly departed dad, but all kidding aside, these this is the this is the level of the closeness that we have that we laugh at these really dark dark things like cops that work the night beat and doctors that you know are in the middle of death and destruction all day. You get a very sick sense of, <laughs> sense of humor when you're in show business together for 31 years. You share dark, dark, dark tales. <laughs> you do. You do. <laughs> you do. <laughs> Indeed, you do. But, that, but it, it really is. It really is a part of this whole conversation 
in terms yeah. of, you know, the well, closeness. Well, that's when you find out who your friends are, too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And that, that's what I think is so great about the, you know. the project, that uh, the value of having these level of respect and friendship is something I think is missing today. The, the depth of friendship over time is something that I think these women through this project are are advocating and trying to push forward in terms of how we can get through, as they say, tough times. That's what the twist is, you know, the whole twist thing is. Well, Aida Garrett, and, uh, she calls, we now call her the acronym queen. She always, she's always able to create a brilliant acronym. Tough women in strange times. Love it. And that, yeah. That's what TWIST 2020 stands for. But it's true. And, and women have this wonderful thing. I love hearing, uh, hearing our dudes today giving, giving forth uh, their love for the feminine energy. Because we need, I think, part of what's going on in the world right now is about a terrible, terrible, terrible imbalance. Uh, there's not enough of the feminine energy. And I think that also it's very, 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 very important that within that feminine energy that there is a cross-generational conversation that takes place, that is taking place. I, I teach master classes for young people, and a lot of those people are women, and a lot of those young women are uh, wanting to hear what I'm saying. They're paying attention. And I would say it wasn't the same 10 years ago when I was teaching master classes. There wasn't the same level of attentiveness that I see in, in this particular generation, whatever that 10-year gap is. Um, I find that young women, <laughs> and I don't just think it's me, I think when... If I see young women and older women in a room together now, I see the younger women in the room gravitating to the older women in the room to hear what the hell they're saying because <laughs> they're looking for direction. And then I see the older women in the room more than happy to share because that's about all we've got left at this point. You know, you're going through your second adolescence, you're menopausal, you're cranky. <laughs> you don't want to tell any of those little twits anything. You want them to suffer like you're suffering now. <laughs> you're going to keep it all to yourself. You're going to keep it all to yourself. Yeah, let her find out like I had to find out. <laughs> and and here come these little puppies. Mommy, 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 what do you know? Tell me, tell me, tell me. <laughs> And then mommy goes like, oh, look at them. They're so cute. Okay, I'll tell you. Come over here, kid. But I find that when that relationship opens up, it's absolutely incredible because the kids need to know how to slow their roll. And we need to not get in a rut. Those of us that are older. So you put those two energies together, you're, you're, you're traveling at the perfect velocity. <laughs> you know, you've got somebody there that knows how to be in this moment 
but you also have somebody in the room that knows how to tell you how you came to this moment and how to balance yourself while you're on this teeter-totter of life. And that, as Barry was saying, nothing happens overnight, but that's what youth is for. Youth is an agitator. Youth is an accelerator. And if you're an older person, you're there to put the gas in the car. They're the car. They get to do the drive now. We've done the drive. But we also know how to get from point A to point B because we've done the drive. So I might be able to give you some directions that will save your ass. And you might yeah. be able to tell me how to talk on my frickin' phone. <laughs> and, I, and I think that's what's so amazing about this, this whole energy of ours. I mean, um, many years ago, I was a youth agitator to both Patty and Barry when I was a fresh young <laughs> lady. <laughs> Who would show up and work from the night before and say to Barry, forget Patty Austin, we need to sign Guns N' Roses. <laughs> but, you know, um, it's just a really cool Don't you wish thing. you had now? Oh, man, you know, well, no, honestly, no. Because the two of you, Barry put me on this mission and gave me the keys to L.A. when I was just this young, fresh kid trying to, you know, make my little mark in Hollywood and said, let's do something that educates and inspires and something kid-centric and go find something that's appropriate for kids to listen to. And I'd be like, oh, God, all right, let's go do it. Let's go do it. And Mary, that's a lifelong passion of yours. <laughs> it's brought us to today. And Patty, you know, how this all started was the, almost the exact story you just told. You told a long time ago, and I heard it and never forgot it. And that's what inspired the Over My Shoulder song was that duet. You talking about as, a, as an older person, talking to a younger person, and just how that cross energy inspires both people people so um yeah thank right barry and patty because i think this is you know we're on our 10th year of over my shoulder but i think we're on our 40th year of this whole thing really starting which is kind of amazing yeah yeah it is it is great <laughs> it, it, in a way it appears that we're that we're on the hamster wheel of life because we just, we just keep making the full the full circle it's kind of funny actually but but it's a fun circle <laughs> it's a fun oh, circle yeah. and, and and now we, we and now we keep at it we need to keep at it now we've dragged now we've dragged elizabeth into our I circle know. And <laughs> that way, we, that way we know how to use the tools, Barry. That's how, that's how we learn how to, you know, log into social media and you know, modern stuff. Like hey, that. who are you yeah. calling a tool? What are you talking about with the tool thing? I'm not going to be your tool. Forget it. It's not going to happen. Oh, gosh. Well, so we have so places for people to learn more, but there's a website that's called twist2020.com. You have a YouTube page set up already. You have a Facebook page set up already. Um, there's all kinds of links to the individual videos of each person, and they're really amazing and inspiring story of each person you know, situation as to why they joined Twist 2020. And, and I saw, is, Patty, is it right that you guys are encouraging people to upload their own stories? Yes, we are. Here's what, here's what we're talking about doing, and hopefully we will do. We did this whole thing on a wing and a prayer 
and uh, with no kind of sponsorship except for a few dollars that came from a dear friend of mine named Laura Wells. Shout out, shout out to Laura. Um, Laura just threw some money at us and said, I love you, here's some money, and I wish you would do that at least once a month. But anyway, um, so we had a little bit of operating costs, but really pretty much everybody that worked on this either worked for a pittance because we had to pay, like, you know, commissions uh, and people for the live stream or whatever. But we we have a publicist that now works with us, uh, uh, you know, for free. Uh, it, just incredible. A uh, uh, tech producer, free. Everybody just said, I'm in. Uh, all of the ladies who are doing uh, everything from taking care of their moms. Uh, Dee Dee had cataract surgery. We started laughing. It was like, we're all falling apart over here. <laughs> we better hurry up and do this live stream before it's a dead stream. <laughs> so we were, every, uh, uh, Saida had dental work. I mean, the day of the live stream, all this drama was going on. And still these women showed up with their own bad selves, you know, and it, it, it was absolutely spectacular. But I forgot where I was going with all of that. I started rhapsodizing about how wonderful it has all been to put them together and have this happen this way. Anyway, it's really amazing. So, uh, it's been an incredible experience. It's brought us closer together. And I think, uh, oh, so I know what I was going to say. The plan is, um, Terry Lynn Carrington, who, who does not just play amazing drums and is in, an incredible percussionist. And Terry is involved in all things educational. She teaches at Berkeley. Uh, she has a relationship with the Kennedy Center. And um, uh, she is connected to the Library of Congress. And she is going to help us get into the Library of Congress with what we've done so far. But the plan is for us to be a kind of a resting place for other women to do one minute videos. Now, at this point, obviously our, our promotional, what we're pushing is to get out the vote. So this week, hopefully you're gonna be seeing this all over the place because you know this is like the last hurrah. So we wanna get out the vote. But when the vote is over, we're going to pick topics on a regular basis, different ones, and we're going to address them. I don't know what it'll be after the election. Maybe it'll be, we'll have a post-election uh, commentary, but we'll use the same format, which is one minute iPhone uh, conversation that you have about whatever our topic is. And we will accumulate these videos and give them to the Library of Congress so that our granddaughters will be able to go in there and hear what we were going through and see what we were going through. And um, we have, uh, interestingly enough, everybody seems to go for the mother-daughter thing. We did our, our 11, but then all of us were asked to ask three women that we knew to, to submit videos so we can start getting, creating this collection. And every woman I talked to that I asked to do this, do this said, can I, can I do this with my daughter? Or if I was talking to the younger 
you know, of the two, can I do this with my mom? So now we're starting a collection of mothers and daughters saying, this is why I vote. I vote for, you know, I vote for my mom or I vote for my kid. So that's kind of an interesting thing that just, it, it just happened naturally. You know, so maybe that will be what the next wave is. But we're just kind of leaving it up to women everywhere to take a minute. Take a minute. Hey, I think I've just come up with an idea. We'll call it Take a Minute. Let's take a minute song. and take a minute and, and tell us about uh, the topic of the, the month or the year or whatever the heck we decide to do. But we are not, this is not our final hurrah. Let's put it that way. We plan on creating a platform for uh, women to be able to express themselves and share their tales and their wisdom and hopefully grow, 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 grow. Amazing. Wow. Well, this was a really amazing conversation, everyone. Yes, it was. Um, and then I think you need to go see, speaking of moms, your mom too, right? Don? Yes, and I can't thank all of you because I figured this was the best get well card we could do for Mama Nancy, oh. who got in a terrible Mama car. Nancy, <laughs> we love yeah. you. You better stay yeah. with us. We're going to help you heal. We're yeah. going to make you giggle until you wiggle. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. All right. What we're going to do. Oh, yeah. A great conversation. Yeah. Be safe, Very everybody. Cool. Thank you. Patty, rock hey, on. Keep us posted, Donnie. About all right, no, that's our, that's our people. Elizabeth, Elizabeth, get this posted live right away. Come on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right. All Thank right. you, everybody. Cool. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day. Okay. Let's do this every day. to your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Let's do it all. every Saturday morning. This is fun. No. You guys are cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, you guys do that every Saturday morning, for sure. Yeah, why not? Hey. You watch. We're going to take off. This this live stream is going to take off like this. People are going to go, what is that? I have to listen. Oh, my God. I'm going to stop everything. You'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. <laughs> Alex, you're in charge. <laughs> All right, let's land the ship for this week. Land this rocket ship for the week. <laughs> All right, see you guys. Okay, oh, bye bye. All right, you bye. guys. Bye. Bye. Be well, be careful. Bye bye.